You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. This portion of The John DePietro Show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Whether it's heating or cooling, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call them today at 401 351 7600. Listen, we still have a number of months ahead. You're going to need the heat. We don't know what's going to happen. March can still be chilly. April can still be obviously chilly. The heating season. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system. They're energy efficient, they're quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, carrier factory, authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 53 years, JKL's reputation, second to none. Technical expertise, customer satisfaction, JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. Call JKL Engineering today. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, for a heat pump. They're going to do it right. They're going to do it right the first time. And remember, with JKL Engineering, they'll keep it nice and cool in the summertime and nice and warm. In the wintertime, Central Air is a life changer. Central Air is a game changer. And right now, estimates are free. Financing is available. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. The original, the best, JKL Engineering. Call them, 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. Petro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online right at the website, visit petro.com. Follow me on both Facebook and Twitter at John DePetro Show. Well, it's that time. Let's bring him on. He is Rhode Island, uh, one of, I think, Rhode Island's top attorneys, our legal analysts. It is Tim Dodd. Tim, let's start off. This was a story, obviously rocketed locally and then made national news. And that was Governor Raimondo announced an executive order that from now on, New York plates, if you had a New York plate coming in from New York State, not only were we going to be stopped, they had National Guard, state police at the border, but then uh, what really seemed to go over the top was Saturday morning film crews watched as National Guard were going door to door in our southern communities in Westerly, in Watch Hill, in, in Matunic, in uh, Green Hill, in Newport, in Jamestown, Narragansett, and questioning, taking down names, and uh, gathering information about the New York residents. Governor... Uh, Cuomo of New York went on CNN and said, if this is not rescinded, I'm going to sue Rhode Island. The governor, Governor Mundo, did soon after that rescind it and change it. Uh, governor Mundo went on CNN, Tim Dodd, and still said, well, you know, he, he backed down because uh, we would have won, even though there are no courts right now. But um, who, who's right and who's wrong in, in this whole situation? Well, John, Governor Raimondo was well-intended but wrong on the law, wrong on the statutory authority, and wrong in the implementation. And I think she was very smart to have pulled this back before the situation got any hotter for her. Um, when the governor um, 
made her announcement about stopping New York vehicles at the border of Rhode Island and sending in the state police, local police, and National Guards looking for people in coastal communities with New York license plates on their cars, she was really overstepping, well-intended, but overstepping. And as we've discussed before, in this environment, there's a delicate balance between public safety, public health, and preserving our constitutional rights. When the governor made her announcement, part of her announcement referenced a Rhode Island statute which gives the governor, the executive branch, the ability to announce a quarantine and set forth the terms of a quarantine. The statute, John, that she cited also has a penalty provision so that if you violate quarantine, as established by the governor, you are subject to two things, a $50 per day fine and up to 90 days in prison. So the 90-day potential to go to prison if you violate quarantine gives this whole endeavor the overtone of the potential for criminal prosecution. Once you've got the issue of a criminal potential criminal prosecution, everything that was set up essentially um, is a Fourth Amendment problem. You can't be compelled to provide information, give evidence, testimony, or information, which could tend to incriminate you. So you've got the National Guard and the state police taking names, taking addresses, phone numbers, who are you, where have you been, where are you going, how long are you staying? Um, all of that included the potential that now that the state has all this information about people, now they find you, you're supposed to be quarantined and they find you at a supermarket, they find you at a Dunkin' Donuts or wherever, you could be prosecuted. And the only way they would know to prosecute you is because they forced you to provide all of that confidential personal information in advance. Um, singling out New York plates is really wrong at the outset and the um, endeavor to target New Yorkers and to get their information. Um, the whole thing was just wrong. I mean, and the governor, I think, was smart to pull it back when it was first announced. I think one of the reporters questioned her as to how, how can you do this? It seems unconstitutional. The governor said, well, I've got lawyers and I'm relying on them. Um, I'm not sure if she was just, um, giving an answer because she had to um, or whether she had really received that sort of legal advice. I doubt she had because a quick look at the statutory scheme she relied on showed how wrong her plan and how wrong its implementation was. So she did the right thing and pulled back. Um, I think the the battle between Rhode Island and New York vis-a-vis she and Governor Cuomo has subsided um, and I think she was very smart to pull this all back. Tim, when, when um, and again, folks, we're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. When Governor Cuomo said, I'm going to sue Rhode Island, if the governor, Governor Raimondo, had not pulled back, if she had, had not pulled back, uh, the reason it seemed to go away is because simply because she did rescind the order. They opened it up to all states, and they certainly have stopped the door-to-door. But if she had not pulled back, would he have been successful in, in challenging her? 
I believe so, because it's it's a blatant constitutional violation. It violates the U.S. Constitution. It violates the Rhode Island Constitution. It's a Fourth Amendment problem. Um, I think that New York could have come into Rhode Island, um, sought out an emergency hearing because the courts are still open for emergencies. And I think there would have been an, a restraining order, um, which would have been um, ordered against Rhode Island carrying out the governor's um, proposed policy. I, th I think a TRO would have been a pretty easy um, get for the state of New York under the circumstances. Tim, Tim Dodd, I mean, you're from Rhode Island. Did you ever think that uh, you'd wake up on a Saturday morning and hear of National Guard troops going door to door in uh, Narragansett and parts of the southern part of our state simply because they saw a, a car with a New York plate in the driveway? It's it's very uncomfortable. And, you know, I can sympathize with the governor to a degree because the public safety and the public health concerns many times um, require that there be a little bit of a um, broadening or a softening of civil rights in order to effectuate the public health concern. Under our Constitution, the governor's powers really broaden and civil rights and civil liberties really can be um, subjugated to um, the state or national concerns um, by law if it's a time of war. This is, I mean, effectively, this is a war, but it's not a declared war. If the, if the state or the country was at war, a lot of what the governor had proposed would have been, you know, arguably acceptable and constitutional and would have stood up. But the special powers of the executive are narrowly defined in the Rhode Island Constitution. Um, it's really uncomfortable when you see what could be seen as Gestapo tactics. You know, show us your papers. Who are you? Where are you from? With no probable cause. And the notion of setting up checkpoints, looking and searching for specific types of vehicles and without any other reason, you pull them over and start asking them questions um, is a very un-American thing. But again, these are extraordinary times. So although the governor pulled it back and although you can criticize what she was trying to do, I respect the fact that she was trying her best to keep Rhode Islanders safe. Um, that's where the rubber meets the road here. Everything that you'd like to do is not necessarily something that's constitutional or appropriate. And it gets into what we've talked about before to, to keep the public safe. The public is scared to death about this relentless news reports, legitimate though they are, has the public really, really, really concerned, afraid, upset, and that's the time where people should not be so willing to simply give up their civil liberties in the pursuit of, um, of, of controlling this pandemic uh, in a different way from what the president has said. You don't want the cure to be worse than the, the illness. So you don't want civil liberties to be eroded um, in a way that you may not recover um, in an attempt to keep the public safe. It's a, it's a terribly difficult balancing test. And um, I think the governor's doing her best. I, I got to give it to her. Um, that was a tactical error. It was a misstep, but she fixed it. And Tim, just one last word on this. It did seem odd, though, that 
we are bordering Massachusetts. You have people going in and out of Massachusetts all day. You have Rhode Island's Rhode Islanders working in Massachusetts and Boston, all parts of Massachusetts. You see pretty much just the same number of Massachusetts cars in parts of, of Newport and uh, in Middletown and Narragansett. Um, it, it did seem very heavy handed. It seemed to me aimed at Governor Cuomo and New York. But um, but as you said, it was a tactical error and seemingly it was corrected. Now, folks, coming up, we are going to talk about a proposal by Representative Joe McNamara, which he wants to do about a lot of businesses are complaining about insurance. Also, there is a movement of people that are looking to sue Fox News. We're going to talk about that. And then what is all this talk about letting prisoners out of the ACI? It's all ahead on the John DePietro Show when we return. Remember, for your business, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station, Trailer Pickup and Delivery, 24-Hour Mobile Service, ABS Repairs, Brakes, Doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110 for Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought by Henry Oil since 1947. What a Rhode Island success story. Folks, call them today, 401-521-0200, Henry Oil. It's Carmine, it's Lori. As I said, since 1947, full-service fuel company, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, 24-hour burner service for contracted regular customers. They have oil burner service and installation, automatic delivery, Budget plans, lock and cap pricing, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery. It's Henry Oil, residential and commercial fuel oil delivery. Go with a local company that you can support and depend on. Henry Oil in 1947. It was Carmine Henry DeSanto. Delivered that fuel oil with a single truck operation from his gas station on Manton Avenue in Providence. And now the tradition continues. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving Rhode Island and parts of Mass since 1947. Call my friends at Henry Oil today. 401 521-0200. You can also, as I mentioned, check out their website. It's henryoil.com, henryoil.com. Take advantage of the lock and cap pricing or the oil burner service and installation or their automatic delivery or their budget plans. 
full-service fuel company that you can depend on, Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, 401-521-0200, online at henryoil.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380. It's 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. With us is our legal expert, Rhode Island top attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, Representative Joe McNamara also serves as chairman of the Democrat Party. He came out and he's trying to get some legislation started, even though the General Assembly is not meeting right now. But in, in essence, there are many businesses that finding that they're actually not covered business interruption during this pandemic. Uh, the way I understand it, McNamara is almost trying to circumvent the law and go around that almost the way that if someone got in, a, if you were in an accident and you didn't have insurance, you want to go back afterwards and make sure that you were insured. What can you tell us about this legislation by Representative Joe McNamara? Well, Representative McNamara is following similar legislation, which has been introduced, I know for sure, in Massachusetts, I believe in New Jersey. And it's the type of feel-good um, proposed legislation that will undoubtedly get Representative McNamara votes, but it will not, um, in all likelihood, succeed on the merits as a constitutional statute and it would never survive the onslaught of lawsuits, which would clearly be filed by the insurance companies if Rhode Island um, saw fit um, to pass his bill into law. Essentially, businesses, if they're smart, um, have business interruption insurance. The typical situation where you might have business interruption insurance activated is you have an office fire, um, things of this nature where um, you can't access your office, your files, your phones, and you're out of business for a period of time. That's the typical coverage um, that is utilized for business interruption. Now, insurance companies back, I believe it was either in 2006 or 2008, after the um, original SARS epidemic, most of the insurance companies looked at the lay of the land and said, uh-oh, we could wind up paying out an exorbitant amount of claims if we have this or another pandemic in the future. So around about 2006, 2008, most of the insurance companies um, put in writing a specific inclusion for viral or bacterial um, causes for a business to be interrupted. So if your business interruption was because of a viral or bacterial pandemic, no coverage. That's been clear for over a decade. Most policies, if not all, have that exclusion. Someone might get lucky and have a policy which was never rewritten, but I'd venture to say 95% of um, business interruptions policies have the exclusion. Massachusetts right now is also putting forth legislation to require insurance companies to pay business interruption claims based upon this pandemic, even though the policy has a specific exclusion. Now, that seems crazy when you think about it, and I don't see that it would stand up um, if Massachusetts saw fit to pass its uh, proposed law or if Rhode Island did the same. What Massachusetts wants to do is have the insurance companies pay the claim 
up to the amount of coverage that the business has for general business interruption. And after the insurance company pays the claim, Massachusetts would say, okay, insurance company, after you've paid out X in claims, we'll reimburse you. It doesn't make any sense at all. How is Massachusetts ever going to be able to reimburse these insurance companies if they pay out billions and billions of dollars in business interruption claims? Um, it seems to me the insurance companies could be left holding the bag and they're going to fight back. They're going to say, we have a specific exclusion. We have a contract. You can't come along, state of Massachusetts or state of Rhode Island, and modify our contract and force us to pay on claims that we didn't insure. We didn't insure for this type of event, and we can't be compelled to pay out on it. If that was the case, insurance companies would be afraid to write business in certain states. If the, if the General Assembly can come along and from on high modify the terms of an insurance policy, which is a contract, and force them to pay out on things that were not ever intended, um, that defeats the whole concept of having an insurable interest or having an insured interest, or excuse me, an exclusion of an insured interest. So it's a feel-good piece of legislation. McNamara will certainly get credit in the general public because it looks like he's trying to do a good thing to help out businesses. But I can't imagine that if passed, such legislation would um, withstand um, judicial scrutiny, constitutional scrutiny. Um, there'd be litigation for years. And I don't think Rhode Island would have the wherewithal to reimburse insurance companies for whatever they paid out if Rhode Island ever did get such a program in effect. It's, it's impossible in my view that such a piece of legislation could ever actually make it into law folks, without it, huge challenges. Folks, it's Sean DePietro. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, something that we're seeing around the country, and you're seeing, I believe, in New York the other night, just uh, in one night, 900 inmates were released. Uh, there's a lot of talk, all these people saying at the ACI in Cranston, that because of the virus, they're going to let the inmates out. If you could clarify that, what is the provision what is the rule? I can tell you that it has, certainly has the general public very upset. And people are saying, I, why would you let them out? If anything, if anything, you should keep them contained there. This is no time to suddenly someone committed a crime. Now we're just going to ignore it. What is the legal element of letting all these inmates out early? Well, the, the, the largest proponent of this idea of letting the prisoners out has been pushed by the um, public defender's office um, on the theory that the prisons is close quarters. It's going to be an incubator for more and more people to get infected with uh, this virus, which could then also impact the, um, the prison guards, the staff, etc. The theory is not just to let people out of prison. There's two specific categories which would be able to potentially access such a program, although I don't think it's really going to happen. The first is if you're a prisoner and you've got 90 days left, 90 days or less left on your sentence, that you should be let out early because you're just about out anyways. 
The second category would be folks who are in prison because they can't pay a relatively low bail. So let's assume that a judge says, okay, um, your bail is $10,000 with surety, which means you've got to come up with $1,000 cash, 10%. And if you can't come up with that 10%, then you've got to go to jail because you can't make bail. If it's a low surety bail situation, the uh, PD's office is suggesting, come on, it's only $1,000. It's a low bail. It should be reconsidered. Um, you should either reduce the cash requirement or just let them out and turn it into personal reconnaissance. If, <clears throat> if it's a situation, excuse me, where bail is a million dollars and you've got to come up with a hundred thousand, uh, that type of person would not be a candidate for early release. The problems with this whole theory, John, is okay. The system says, all right, here's a, here's a person with 60 days left. Let's let them out. they got 60 days left on their sentence. Give them an early release. Well, where are they going to go? Are they going to be on the streets? Do they have a home to go to? Do they have a job? Are they going to be quarantined? How are you going to ensure that a person released from prison, which is arguably a place where there could be a lot of this virus running around, how are you going to ensure that that person stays quarantined? Are you going to give that job to the probation department? Are they going to be tasked with following these people around and ensuring that they remain quarantined? I don't think that the probation department would have the staff to do that. Additionally, before any of these um, inmates could be released early, John, they would have to be tested. Now, Rhode Island only has a limited number of test kits available. Um, question, is it appropriate that the prisoners jump the line and get the test so they can get out early um, when we don't have enough tests to go around? Um, there's certainly arguments for and against such a proposition. But I think for all of the reasons that we're talking about, it's really unlikely that this program will be effectuated because you've got problems of testing, quarantining, supervision, um, where do they live, how do you make sure they're not roaming around, um, not being quarantined and not respecting the quarantine orders. It would be an extremely difficult situation to manage, and it would require state workers to do it from the probation department. I just don't see that it's a manageable situation. Folks, it's John DiPietro. Again, um, it's the John John DePietro Show was speaking with Tim Dodd, our legal expert. Now, coming up, more and more talk about where people may have gotten the virus. I'm going to ask Tim about whether or not if he thinks there's going to be some lawsuits coming. And also, there is a movement of people talking about the coverage provided by Sean Hannity and Fox News and whether or not there's going to be a lawsuit. It's all ahead right here on The John DePietro Show. This portion of The John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. Call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, aka sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, 
healthcare professionals, office professionals, you need workers, you need MEGA, M-E-G-A professionals. You're trying to run your business. Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at dipietro.com. With me is Rhode Island top attorney, Tim Dodd. This is our legal uh, segment. Tim, I want to touch on that uh, you have the governor of Louisiana saying that now they truly believe one of the reasons that they're spiking in the state is uh, really starting to shoot up with positive cases is because they held Mardi Gras. I also noticed late yesterday the governor of Florida is saying that he actually believes that it was the Super Bowl held in Miami that brought brought a lot in. Now, it is early, but Tim Dodd, we're going to see record employment. It, you're bound to see someone that attended one of those events uh, be connected where they died. Someone that I, you know, my brother or my husband or whoever went to Mardi Gras in New Orleans and, and then they contracted the coronavirus and then they passed away. Or someone that says that I contracted it, and as a result of that, um, I had to close my business. I lost my job. I know it's early, but I just get the sense, and I'd like your thought. I think there's going to be massive lawsuits of people saying, uh, "I, you gave me the impression this event was safe. Let's go back to like the station nightclub fire. And I went to Mardi Gras, and I contracted coronavirus, and then... I got it and I got better, but my my brother died. Therefore, we're going to sue you. What would be liability for some of these large scale events that you're starting to say that they people, they feel they can trace it back to community spread? I think it would be very difficult to prevail if you were the plaintiff in such a lawsuit. Um, It's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback and go back in time and say, boy, that was really... um, an irresponsible thing to allow the Super Bowl to go forward or to have the Chinese New Year celebrations go forward or to have Mardi Gras go forward. It's a different point in time. Now, let's assume somebody was at the Super Bowl and they wind up dying from coronavirus. How is the estate of the decedent going to prove that the infection was picked up at the Super Bowl versus when they were home, versus 
at their local airport versus on the airplane right. versus in a taxi cab or anywhere else. Sure. It's going to be impossible to pinpoint where the virus was picked up. Um, and in these massive events, the Super Bowl occurred before I think the public really had a handle on how contagious this virus is. And before I think the, the, the country as a whole was hip to the fact that you need to isolate, you need to keep six feet apart, etc. I mean, you can go through historic footage of the mayor of New York encouraging people to come out for the Chinese New Year and keep going shopping and keep going to bars and restaurants. Nancy Pelosi did the same thing. Mardi Gras did the same thing. Super Bowl did the same thing. I think that was either before the public was fully informed, it was early on in this thing, um, we're getting more and more information. I mean, our director of um, health here in Rhode Island um, castigated the president for stopping flights uh, coming in from China. Correct. Apparently, she mustn't have thought there was going to be a big problem at the time, or else she would have said, good move, President. Right. But she said, no, you're a racist. Right. So apparently, she thought the racist component overshadowed the public health concern. So I don't fault her. I'm just suggesting that maybe she, at the time, with all due respect, didn't fully appreciate what we were in for. Right. Or else she wouldn't have made such a reckless statement. But Tim, I... I want to just circle back. What I'm trying to get is I'm not going to say they're going to prevail, but let's just say an attorney like a Michael Avenatti. Don't you think there's going to be that type of an attorney that would try some class action suit that normally they're expecting the the plaintiff to um, or the defendant, excuse me, to settle saying if you attended such and such event and you contracted coronavirus, call our number now. I mean, I, I, I would be very surprised if you don't. I'm not saying you're saying going through the process, proven court. Most of the time, like we saw with Station Nightclub Fire, uh, there, there was massive settlements from everyone. From I mean, did Budweiser really want to go to court and prove that, you know, they did not cause people to die by drinking their product? No, they, they settled like the most of them did. Um, I'm trying to get at the, the probability of class action lawsuits of people saying you should have protected us better. Lawyer, the, you, you'll always find lawyers to take on cases, whether they're meritorious or not. And I'm sure there'll be TV ads and I'm sure there'll be class actions, as you suggested. OK, but the difficulty is going to be in the proof because this virus is so contagious and so easily transmitted um, to prove that you got it at this event versus that event on this week versus a different week, I think will cause a very difficult problem of causation. Let's assume there was something unique at the um, Super Bowl in the stadium that only people who were at that stadium got a specific illness and that the promoters and the owners and everyone knew that this was a potential. Well, now you can pinpoint it. Okay. Like but, a cruise ship. Like a cruise like, ship. Like a cruise ship. You know, you ship, went on the exactly. cruise ship, you developed it on the cruise ship. Tim, I also just want to get to, uh, in our remaining moments, this is building on, and I sent you some of the... Um, connections on it but just it's it's kind of building on social media people saying that uh sean hannity laura ingram fox news was irresponsible in their reporting downplayed it 
and it caused it to spread. Now, again, it's early on. Some of it is venting, uh, but Fox News has deep pockets. You have many people have animosity towards them. And could you see some kind of scenario where they try to make a case that they recklessly were telling people to ignore it? It was like the flu when actually they were doing a disservice uh, to people by reporting that. Again, it depends when the statements were made. Early on, there were many people saying this is like the flu. People die from the flu every year. This is no different. Those type of statements were largely made before we started to see a spike in um, hospitalizations, deaths, etc. And as time goes on and we get more information, I don't think you're seeing those types of reports. I did look at some of the material on folks who are saying Fox News should be sued. One of the clips that they um, are hitting on is Rudy Giuliani was on one of the shows saying, hey, Dr. So-and-so has found success using a combination of these two different medications, and then you throw in a little zinc, and in a test of 700 people, 700 people who are about to die have gotten better. Now, that's Rudy providing an anecdotal information that he apparently received directly or through publications from some doctor who said, I've had sex, I've had success, excuse me, I've had success with this combination of medications. That's not Rudy saying, folks, go out there and take these drugs. This is Rudy saying a doctor has reported success using this combination of drugs. He's, he's relaying what he has heard. There's been a lot of incorrect information, incomplete information, revised information that's gone out over the media, which is reporting on this story 24-7. There's virtually no room for any other story. Now, if Rudy's reporting what was told to him by a doctor, there's no liability on his part or on um, Fox News's part. If Fox News or Rudy or any of their talking heads were making statements knowing the statement to be false or with reckless disregard to whether it was true or not. And further, if there was an intention that the public in general would be relying on the statements made, there would be a potential for litigation. It's a high bar, but again, you can get lawyers to file lawsuits on anything. The clip I saw regarding Rudy specifically, I don't think exposes Rudy or Fox News to litigation, which would be successful litigation. What if we found out that Giuliani was being compensated by the doctor or whoever it was, and they had some kind of a business arrangement? Well, then the question would be, was it a true statement? If Dr. X is using this combination of drugs and it's working and Rudy reports it, he's not telling people to go to their pharmacy and try to scare up some of these meds put him in a cocktail and consume it, he's reporting on what a doctor told him. So if the doctor compensated him and it's all false information, um, Rudy could have a problem um, because he would be making a statement with reckless disregard of whether it's true or not. If it's true, it's no harm, no foul. Sure. And one last thing about the Hannity situation. The thing about that, Tim, is uh, what a lot of people don't realize is, is Fox uses, yes, it is Fox News, but they, they allow basically Tucker Carlson, uh, Sean Hannity, and Laura Ingram. Those are opinion shows. So if, if just as an example, and I don't know, but Hannity could say, in my opinion at that time, 
I thought it was nothing that was going to be this severe. That's different than if they're leading the news newscast saying, you know, this is what we think it's going to be. Yes. Hannity and uh, Laura Ingram have early on were generally saying this is being overblown. This is going to pass. This is the mainstream media creating a crisis yes. to hurt the economy, to hurt Trump. That's right. That's an, that's an opinion. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Now, that wouldn't stop litigation from right. being instituted. But right. again, I think the chances for success, if they're targeting Ingram, Hannity, and Carlson, um, I, I wouldn't take on such a case thinking I'm going to be successful. I might get publicity out of it, but I might not get money out of it. Folks, he is our legal analyst, Rhode Island attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. We'll talk to you again. Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 401- 431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. Hi, I'm Steve, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in store lines waiting to get in to buy more bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it when all this started. They're enjoying all the safe, clean water they want all year long. They're drinking it, cooking with it, bathing in it, doing everything in it except searching for it, rationing it, and now waiting in lines. As this crisis further restricts your freedoms and choices and store shelves empty, I hope you now realize how important it is to take control over your own water quality like thousands of my customers already have. Because when this crisis is over, your bad water quality won't be, and neither will your bottled water dependency. So ask yourself, do you think you're finally worth making a one-time investment for a lifetime of clean, safe water? If so, call my company, call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. Water Filter Company, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Water Filter Company, 294-2400. Because is it really worth going through all this? This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today, your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025. 401-392-1025 or online. They have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control annual program lawn care service they make great lawns happen lawn doctor at island your lawn care company love your lawn best lawn guaranteed call them today 401-392-1025 free uh, consultation and estimate 401-392-1025 lawn doctor and now is the time because you can get the early spring the crabgrass control time release fertilizer professional blend of high calcium line lawn doctor go online check them out it's lawndoctor.com or call them today 401-392-1025 lawn doctor 